called Scammed, and what we've been talking about is the idea that culture, our culture, uh, is feeding us some different scams, um, and they're scams we kind of tell ourselves as well. So I I, I don't want to just blame culture, but we talked about uh, having to be er, you have to be thinner, you have to be smarter, you have to be richer, you have to be more powerful or uh, you have to be a lot of those. We, we talked about the scam of um, you're not worthy. You know, like you, you're, you're, not, you're not enough. We talked about the scam of you need to be in control, which you don't. We talked about the scam of, um, uh, of you need to escape. You can't, you can't handle it. And so those are the things we've been talking about. Before I get into the next scam, I wanted to give a confession uh, about a reverse scam I did where I was being scammed, and then I scammed them. And when I finish with this, and you all march out and find another church, I totally understand. So what happened was, I'd gotten a phone call um, from the IRS, and the IRS was telling me, it was the internal, they said, this is the internal revenue services. Um, There's just one service. Okay, they take money. That's their only service. Okay, it's not services. So if they call you and they say services, that's kind of an idea that they're scamming you. And so they called and they said, we're from the Internal Revenue Services and that um, I hadn't been paying Social Security. um, And so they were going to remove my Social Security benefits. So I started talking very softly, soft as I could talk. Can you guys still hear me? That's how soft I was talking. Because I knew on the other side, they had a headset. And they were going to have to crank that headset up in order to hear me. And so I just kept talking soft. Oh, wait a minute. I didn't pay my social security. This is so, I can't even believe this. It's like, sir, I can barely hear you. Hold on. He's cranking that headset up. This is, this is, I can't believe I'm confessing this. I, I've been back and forth all week. Should I tell him that story? No, should I? We'll talk about it because we're talking about wisdom. And so it's probably unwise. So I go through the whole thing and I said, so you mean to tell me that if I'm going to lose my social security number? And they said, yes, sir. This is what I'm, this is what we're telling you. And I said, well, then I wouldn't be able to pay taxes. And I was in my car. I was at the parking lot in Chipotle. And at the top of my lungs, I went, whoa, as loud as I could. <laughs> and apparently, the IRS has potty mouth because <laughs> there were some bad words that came out. And so I'm writing them a very strongly worded email uh, on that. Uh, but here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about... Um, the idea that we need each other to monitor each other so we don't get scammed. Okay, I have people I love that have gotten phone calls from Apple and Google and Microsoft, right? All these things. I'm telling you, if you get a phone call from Apple, it's a scam. They don't call you. They just make you buy 
more iPhones. Trust me, I'm addicted to them. And so that's what happens. They don't call you and see how you're doing and how your computer's doing. That Google doesn't do that. Microsoft doesn't do that. Nobody does that. But when, when this guy called me from the uh, IRSs, uh, I had a loved one who had just been scammed. And so I was kind of frustrated. But don't follow my example. Just do as I say, not as I do. Well, we have somebody who's, who's uh, in the Bible, the Old Testament, that is trying to tell their sons, don't fall for this scam. His name is Solomon. And um, he's the wisest man that ever walked the earth. I'm a close second, but he was first. And what had happened was um, he had become king and God asked him, you can ask for anything to rule my people. And he asked for wisdom. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for power. And because of that, uh, and the way he phrases it, it's really, really cool if you look at this part of scripture. He says, I need wisdom to lead this great people of yours. And really gave value to the people of God, right? And so God said, because you asked for wisdom, you didn't ask for riches or power, I'm going to give you all of it. So Solomon had everything. He had riches, power, all this stuff. But he didn't take the wisdom that he was given and he didn't apply it to his own life. Solomon had 700 wives. Now, I know, I know, okay. So let me just explain why. Because if, if you were to take a wife from a certain province, then that would be like a peace agreement. And so what he was doing was he was essentially on his own, like we said in the, one of the scams, I need to be in control. He was making all these peace treaties instead of relying on God. And so he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And I, that just sounds horrible, but he did it. But he wrote Proverbs. And Proverbs, many of the Proverbs were letters to his sons. Now, I don't know if he wrote them after he had made so many mistakes to go, look, don't do what I did. You have access to wisdom. Use it and apply it. But we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 7. And here's how it starts out. And this is really cool. He says, my son, and, and you'll see in Proverbs 2, he'll, he'll also uh, make that plural and say, my sons. Okay. Keep my words and store up my commands within you. In other words, I'm about to drop some knowledge that you need to make sure you remember. Keep my commands and you will live. Now, this isn't life or death. It's like, what kind of life do you want to live? Do you want to live a life where you're going around and you're making all these treaties and moving all these pieces so that there's all this peace? Or do you want to live a life that trusts in the Lord? He says, keep my commands and you will live. Guard my teachings as the apple of your eye. Bind them on your fingers. In other words, set up text alerts on your phone. You know, like whatever you need to do to remember, like these things are important. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Now, this is very sweet, and it's going to be even sweeter when we see the verses that are coming. Say to wisdom, you are my sister. I don't know if any of you have sisters. I have a sister, and she's like one of my best friends. Like, my sister is one of my wisdom ports. I call my, my sister the 
she's the leader of our household. Like I, I call her and I go, hey, what do you think about this or that? You are my sister. And to insight, you are my relative. In other words, I want to be in constant communication with wisdom and insight. Now, I want you to notice that wisdom is female, okay? Because the next female we're going to see is a negative version, and I just don't want you all sending me emails. If you have any problem with this scripture, email Solomon at livingspring.com, because he was the one that wrote it. I I don't have anything to do with this. I'm just reading what, what he wrote. You are my sister. You are my relative. And then he gives this example of what happens when you're when you ignore wisdom. And we'll get to the scam uh, in just a bit. Solomon says this. At the, wisdom of, at the window of my house, I looked down through the lattice, kind of creepy. I saw among the simple, I noticed among the young man a youth that had no sense. So I don't know if you've ever done this at your house where you look out and you're like, I noticed that there was a car I didn't recognize, or whatever, you know. You, I noticed there was two people, they were talking, I'd never seen them before. You ever do that? I don't know if you've ever done that. Maybe I'm the only one, <laughs> okay? So there, I, I noticed among the simple, right? So, so you got this youth who has no sense, and then for those of you who are young, th- he's not going after millennials. What he's saying is, I noticed somebody who hasn't lived long enough to have made enough mistakes to realize the mistake they're about to make is not good. Does that make sense? That's what makes them simple. Not that he, he doesn't have the intellect or it's just that when you've been around the block long enough, you, you, it's very easy for you to go, uh, I don't think that's a really good idea. This is exactly what he's saying. Now, and then he goes, he says this, which is really cool. He was going down the street near her corner. Now, if you're reading this for the very first time, you're like, who's her? Like, like, he hasn't said anything. But for those who have been around the block long enough, we read that and we go, oh, no, here we go. I don't know who her is, but I know this, ain't, this isn't going really well because this is what happens when you leave your sister wisdom and you leave your relative insight and you start wandering around the block. Now, what he has done so far is not wrong. It's not sin. It's not, there's nothing in the Bible that says you can't go down her block or go by her corner. Walking along, and here's the key word, the direction of her house. He was on his way. We don't know if it was the first time. I doubt it. I think he's walked down her street many times. I think he's walked by her corner many times. And again, I'll say this for the last time, her isn't the issue. The issue is the juxtaposed position of wisdom and no wisdom. Her is wisdom. Her is no wisdom. It just depends on the direction you're going. Down the street, you're going. Then he adds this little thing, at twilight. Like, hmm, that's odd. Now, just to give you a little bit of kind of 
their culture. If you say wisdom is your sister, wisdom is your relative, you most likely lived with them. It was very communal, very um, family-oriented. I mean, that would be your community. You'd have your community outside of that, but family was everything, okay? And so your sister and your relative were very important. Wandering around at twilight at this particular culture wasn't really the thing you'd do. I mean, now we have clubs and whatever. We go around and we can drive our cars or whatever. You just wouldn't do that. So when you say at twilight, every reader of this would be like, oh, man, that's, uh, this isn't going to end well. Here's the thing that's so amazing to me, at least in my own life. Isn't it amazing how much we can identify non-wisdom in those that we're watching and not see it in our own life. I mean, we're just going down the street. It's twilight. I mean, I'm just getting a jog in. It's not a big deal. I looked through the whole Bible. Nothing said I couldn't go down the street at twilight. Nothing said I couldn't go by the corner of her house. No, nothing said that this is wrong. None of this is wrong. It's unwise. And can't you see it in others before you can see it in yourself? I know I can. I have investments. I have this one investment. I'm not going to tell you about it because it's not flattering at all. Um, that I made in the same type of thing. Oh, you know what? You know what? I'm just going to, it's just going to be a quick hit. Invest, make my money, get out. That was it. Again, nothing in the Bible says I can't do that. It was unwise. Trust me. And my wife is still with me, which is a, amazing. At twilight, as day was fading, oh, here we go, as the dark of night set in. You ever hear a tragic story, and you're like, oh, man, they were only 17, and they died. It's so tragic. And then you start getting more and more of the facts, and you're like, oh, well, oh, they were on a motorcycle. They had come from a party. It was 2 o'clock in the morning. They were driving 100 miles an hour. Oh, okay. This is what Solomon is doing. He's filling in these facts. That none of these facts are sin. Not one of them. The Bible doesn't say you can't walk while the day is fading. It doesn't say you can't walk by her house, whoever her is. It doesn't say you can't walk as the dark of night said it. Then out came a woman to meet him. Now again, What's happening is Solomon is framing this thing. That thing you've been flirting with all this time. Now it's come out. And now you're confronted with it. Then out came a woman to meet him, dressed like a prostitute with crafty intent, which I just think is crafty intent. I think we should bring that terminology back because I think it's just fantastic. I think they have crafty intent. He goes on, because you'll see that what she becomes is basically an issue, not an actual woman. Solomon can't hear any of this, and we're going to get into a lot of dialogue. And so this is, I believe, uh, that this is not an actual situation that happened. Solomon is crafting this example because Solomon wouldn't have been able to hear the conversation that we're about to have because he was in his house looking through his window through the lattice. Out came a woman to meet him. Out came this issue that you've been flirting with all this time and just, just dressed 
right. Like the thing that you, maybe your thing is gossip. And this, and this, this morsel, we'll get it. No, no, no. No, that's coming. Trust me. That, that wasn't his mistake, okay? It's coming. Just like a prostitute with crafty intent. She is unruly and defiant. Her feet never stay at home. Now in the streets, now in the squares. At every corner she looks, lurks. And isn't it true that in our biggest weakness, isn't it like it lurks everywhere? Like it's everywhere. The thing we struggle with, isn't it like it's, it's, it's everywhere? And I think what Solomon is saying is stay at home with wisdom. She's your sister. Stay at home with insight. She is your relative. Don't go out. Again, maybe your thing is fear. And I've mentioned this over the last few weeks. Maybe you just shouldn't be on the internet. Maybe you just shouldn't be watching the news. I mean, if, if, if that's your thing, if that's the thing that causes you to move away, step aside from the light of Jesus, maybe it's time to just put that aside. Don't even go in the direction she lurks everywhere and here's what happens she took hold of him and kissed him again the dude's done nothing wrong he's done no sin if somebody just came up and kissed me i don't, I don't know oh that that would yeah i'm way too much of a germaphobe for that but <laughs> kissed him and said with a brazen face this is so funny. Today I've fulfilled my vows. And I have food from the fellowship offering at home. Now, this is odd for us because we don't uh, talk like this. Um, basically, what she's saying is, I, I'm good with God. Now, we don't know whose God she serves, right? I'm good with the God I serve. I fulfilled my vows. Everything's cool. Everything's good. I, I, I feel good. We're two consenting adults. I, got, I, I feel good about me. I got myself figured out. And then she starts using language that is really um, westernized, Americanized. Because in America and Western, it's, it's all about you, Right? It's all about you. What do you want? What do you need? You, whatever. So I came out to meet you. I looked for you, and I found you. That is very compelling. The fact that I have needs that I think need to be met because I want them met is incredibly compelling. And there is a scam out there where your focus should be about you and it's a lie and it doesn't work and you're going to get scammed. And so she goes on and she starts using these words. She says, I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. Right? You're like, basically she went to Bed Bath & Beyond. <laughs> I've perfumed my bed with myrrh aloes and cinnamon come let us drink deeply of love till morning let us enjoy ourselves with love so you read those types of words and you go like for me personally this does 
you know, if Lisa was like, hey, I got colored linens from Egypt, my first thing would be like, well, how much did they cost, right? Like that, that, that would make, so we, what we have to do is we have to put it into context, like cultural context, and read it the way that if you were a reader, you would read it. So here's how you read this. I've covered my bed with colored linens from Egypt. I've perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloe, and cinnamon. Come, let's drink deeply of love till morning. Let's enjoy ourselves with love. Okay? So that's, that's what she says and how she says it. But here's the thing, and it's fun to laugh at that, and yes, the Lord might be like, seriously, like Marvin Gaye and the Bible, I understand that. For those of you who are upset, I understand. But that's all it took for him? Like, just these words? Like, this is all? Like, like this works? Oh, yeah, it works. It works really well. Persuasive words work really well. When you have, when you're going in a direction and you've been going in that direction for a long time, it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much. So here's the scam. Here's the one I want you to watch out for. Just follow your heart. Just follow your heart. I'm just, listen, this scam in our society is like, everywhere. We tell our kids this. Just follow your heart. Never tell a kid to follow their heart, okay? I'll explain why in a little bit. Our heart is the worst thing to follow. The best thing to follow is the Word of God and wise counsel from those who can look from the lattice, through the lattice of their home, and say, hey man, or gal, I'm worried about you because I keep seeing you go down this direction day after day after day and you know that you're going down by her house and this is the thing and I can see it in your life and so don't follow your heart. Follow the word of God and those who can give you wise counsel. Here's a little, I don't know if you can see it from here, but uh, this is a brain talking to a heart. Uh, I hate when you make me look like an idiot, right? It's just, it's not in the Bible, but I thought it was funny. Just follow your heart. Now watch what she does, because she uh, begins to um, continue with the words, continue with the reasoning, continue with um, the goal she has for his life, not the goal that he has for his life, because we'll see uh, in a little bit that it's not the best goal for him. Now here comes the problem. My husband... Okay, now it's become wrong. So far, nothing. You go down the street, it's night, nothing in the Bible says that. Okay, now she's married and she's kissed you. So now is the time when you would just go, hey, didn't, didn't know that. Yep, I got to head back. He's gone on a long journey. But this is only something that begins to fuel him because he's been going down this direction for a long time, I believe. He took his purse filled with money. I don't know why he had a purse. And will not be at home till full moon. 
I did want to give you an example of somebody with a purse. That uh, it's his Merce, okay? So Joey from Friends. He took his Merce, filled with money, and will not be home till full moon. And I can just imagine, because this would be me if it was something I was struggling with. I'd be like, don't look at the moon, don't look at the moon, don't look at the moon. And he probably just looked at the moon and went, oh, that's like 20 days from now. (laughs) Like, again, it's just heaping on. I want to make this point. He never should have been on the street. He never should have turned in the direction. His problem wasn't being there listening to her. His problem was he left wisdom, and he left insight to walk around. We do it on the internet. We do it in our lives. We just start walking around. And what wisdom would say, what our Heavenly Father would say, is wisdom is your sister. Stay at home. Figure out what, what, is, the next, what is your next step. Not is it right or wrong. Is it wise? He's not going to be here to a full moon. Now watch. Remember when we saw her and the first thing that was said was how she was dressed? That doesn't become his downfall, how she was dressed. With persuasive words. In other words, he started adopting a narrative that he bought into that was unwise. With persuasive words, she led him astray, and seduced him with her smooth talk. We're all done now with what she was wearing. Now we've gotten into the mind and that we begin to buy into a narrative that isn't, well, now it's right or wrong, obviously, but, but it's just unwise. We've just allowed things to fill our mind that slowly begin to change us. And with persuasive words, She seduced him with her smooth talk. And all at once, he followed her. But here's the thing. All at once, he didn't follow her. It started when he turned down the street at night as dawn was fading. It started long before her talk. He just needed an excuse. He just needed... I don't know if he'd been watching her house the whole time and just was waiting for hubby to go on a trip because that's what he did every month. I have no idea. I'm reading way much into the Bible. I realize that. Don't follow your heart. Your heart is great for emotions. It's great. I love the Hallmark Channel, right? I mean, I love the Hallmark Channel. I'm not afraid to even admit that. I know exactly what's going to happen. There's going to be a really smart lawyer who has to go back to her uh, Idaho small town. He's still going to be working at the stables, right? Or at his dad's candle factory. And then she's going she's gonna to be there and they're going to get, you know, they, were, they don't get along at first and then they finally get along and it's fantastic. That's not my brain. That's my heart. I want them to get along. I'd rather she stayed in New York and made more money, but whatever. If she wants to run the candle factory, that's good for her. It's her decision. Follow your heart. Your heart is great for emotions, okay? It's horrible for decisions. The Word of God is the best resource you have for your decisions. 
and wise counsel from those who could look out from the window of their home, completely removed from you, and go, hey, it's probably not the best relationship you should be in right now. Here's what happens to them. Like an ox, look, look at the words I've highlighted. Slaughter, if I just came out here and I said slaughter, noose, pierces the liver, snare, cost him his life. You'd be like, whatever that is, I don't want to do that. Like it's, it's so obvious, right? But this is what happens. All he did was turn the corner and go in the direction. Direction, not intention, is where you're going to end up. You might say, oh, my intention was just to, I heard she was putting an addition on the house. I just wanted to see what she was putting on the house. That's all. I just head down there. My intention was just to walk by and see if she was home. That was it. It's the direction. Like an ox going to the slaughter, like a deer stepping into the noose, till an arrow pierces his liver, like a bird darting into a snare, little knowing it will cost him his life. The worst decisions I've ever made was because I followed my heart. It was because I didn't sit down, get wise counsel, open up the word of God. I just, I just, I just wanted it. I wanted to, you know, I thought it would be quick. Good stuff hardly ever happens quick. And this is what happens to him. This is what he does. So then Solomon's thing, which is really cool because Remember, we started out with my son. Now he's on the sons. And so I wonder if he was telling the one son, and then they all started coming in, and now he's like, oh, good, I got all my sons here now. I have no idea. Uh, now then, my sons, listen to me and pay attention to what I say. Do not let your heart turn to her ways or stray into her paths. And again, her could be whatever her you're struggling with. It could be, in this case, adultery, which is what he's talking about. Don't even flirt. Don't even, like, set up your boundaries so far back that if you break them, you're still safe. Set your boundaries so far back. A lot of you remember the sermon I had with the giant Legos on stage. I'm going to bring those back. Last time I painted the Legos, my paint sprayer exploded and it got all over my face. So I'm kind of a little... <laughs> Worried about that, but I had all these giant Legos on stage of like, where do you set your boundaries? And, 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 and my boundary might be so far back that you think I'm crazy. So I have a boundary. I don't watch the news. So I, I found out from a friend that a Supreme Court justice died. I, they were like, hey, did you know that? Now, this friend is a very dear friend. And they know to call me when something happens because they know I probably didn't know that anyway. And, and they were like, hey, did you know that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died? And I'm like, no. And, and so that was really cool. But you know why I set that boundary there? Because when I turn down that path, her house is anxiety. That's who greets me and kisses me and says, hey, like, like I can't. It's not good for my mental health to know what's happening all over the world. Now, again, in the beginning of the sermon, I gave you one reason to find another church, and now I've given you a second to find another <laughs> church, all right? So, so I can't even turn down that road. So that's my boundary. And you might say, oh, my goodness, John, what's your problem? What do you got? 
That's my boundary. I don't, I don't want to end up there. Yours might be something totally different. It, it, might, be a, it might be a literal street you can't turn down because it, it might be a certain person you need to unfriend on Facebook. That's your street. And every time you turn down it, it's anger. That's a terrible destination. That's your direction. You might say, well, I'm not trying to be angry. Direction, not intention, is your destination. Many are the victims she has brought down. Her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is a highway to the grave, leading down to the chambers of death. Let's go back. What was wisdom? A sister, a family member. What is this? Destruction, victims, a mighty throng leading to the grave. So I'll end, I'll end with this section of Scripture in Jeremiah, talking about wisdom again. Those who stay at home with wisdom, that it's a relative, it's a sister, it's, it's those that are surrounded. I'm not wandering off. I'm not going down streets that might not even be sin. They're just not wise. Like a tree is what Jeremiah talks about, like a tree. For he will be, or she will be, like a tree planted by the water. You can just kind of like, just get that word picture that extends its roots by the stream and will not fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green and it will not be anxious <laughs> in a year of drought nor cease to yield fruit. This is what wisdom brings. When we get into is it right or is it wrong, we, we've kind of lost. If we ask ourselves the question, is it wise? That's the beginning of wisdom. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And then Jeremiah says this. And this is where I get don't follow your heart and don't tell kids to follow their heart. The heart is deceitful, right? I mean, it just is. Have you ever fooled yourself? Like, have you ever had a better impression of your decisions than you probably should have? Or maybe not you. Maybe it's just me. Above all things and beyond cure. So in other words, don't be making decisions based on what your own heart says. Who can understand it? Ah, then he goes on. I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. I take both of them. And we, we talk about, in our context of the New Testament, this is the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a, is a judge. The Holy Spirit is also a comforter. Like the Holy Spirit has all these different things. Search the heart, examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. As the worship band comes back up, we're going to take a song to just reflect on these things. But I guess, I guess I'd kind of leave you with this question. What, what direction are you going in? Forget about sin. You know, am I sinning? Am I not sinning? I mean, don't forget about that. Don't sin. There you go. Um, but, but is there a direction that's not wrong? It's not wrong to go online. It's not wrong to 
you know, partake in different things. It's not wrong. But is that really the question we're going to ask? Where's, where's my heart? What am I trying to accomplish? What am I doing? What is my direction? And so I just ask you to ponder on that. Um, and then the other thing is, so we've been in the pandemic now for six months. And uh, I never talk about giving. <laughs> like I, I just don't typically. But for those of you who give online, thank you very much. We've been able to continue doing ministry here. And uh, for those of you who are here who want to give physically, there's a box over there that, that does that. But um, I've just been really appreciative of those of you who've uh, contributed to Living Spring and what we do in our community and what we're doing here. It's been a, a really big blessing. So I haven't mentioned it in six months, and so I thought I probably should. So let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we're so thankful that um, you're a light unto our path. That we can look down the path and go, what, what is this actually leading to? That you're a guide. That, that even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear anything. You lead us. You guide us. You are wisdom to us. And so I just pray that as we uh, continue to move forward, even in these weird times that we're in, that we would see wisdom, your wisdom, godly wisdom, as a family member, that each night, each day, we hang around and our lives go better. Because we ask ourselves the question, not what is right or wrong, but what is wise? And we hear your voice in return. So we thank you for that. In your name, amen. Now, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, I pray you would go in his strength, and his joy, and his peace, and in his wisdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week.